Winches and scallywags, rugrats over 18 years of age, prudes avert your ears and eyes. The Asylum Studio brings to you a show to bend your mind and implode your morals. Ethics be damned. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Chaos and Disorder. Yes, sir. Welcome back in. It's Chaos and Disorder. Check out everything the show has to offer over at Chaos and Disorder on Twitter. Chaos and Disorder Podcast. Chaos and Disorder Podcast on the Facebooks. And email the show, chaosanddisorderpod at gmail.com. That's right. We are Fligger and Briggs. This is Chaos and Disorder. Thank you, Andy Frampton. You can check him out on Facebook and TikTok at Bronco Swanson. Watch for him for shows in your area and uh, our great uh, intro music. Uh, check them out, Rival Lovers on Bandcamp. And uh, you can find them on Twitter also, at Real Rival Lovers. Rick's new favorite website, Bandcamp. I, I yeah. hear you're frequenting in that now. Yeah, you can find all kinds of stuff there. It's great. So so one thing you'll you'll all notice today, all 18 of you listeners, you'll notice uh, we're, we're short of voice on the show this week so uh unfortunately anybody who's listened to the last several shows has noticed that uh we we can't seem to get the show on the air or in and out of break <laughs> or anything really anything of any type of competence so rick and i met and we determined and decided that perhaps a one week suspension would be good for alejandro finkelstein so uh he chose to forego the uh the uh you know, fighting it. What's the word I'm looking for? My mind just went blank. The the appeals process. I don't know why I couldn't pull that. Decided to serve his suspension this week. To be fair, we gave him an out. You know, we, we told him, you know, he could do a little dance, he could bring a little extra beer, do something, and we'd let him out, but but he wouldn't do it. He stuck to his guns. I did record a little bit of his, um, protest oh. to the suspension. Okay. And I'm going to play it for you here, right here. I, it's just very short, just a few seconds. <laughs> that might be the greatest impression ever. It, it really might be. You you nailed it. You, you nailed the essence of Finkelstein. So, so don't worry, he's not being fired, although it may be deserved. He's just going to he's going to sit to sit one week off, cool off a little bit. We sent him home with a computer and a and a temp board so he and could practice. And the refrigerator a little bit. is getting low, so he needs to come back next week. <laughs> oh, see that—that's why it wasn't a two-week suspension, because <laughs> right. we only had one week worth of beer in the refrigerator. So, so that makes sense. So, so Alejandro, get your shit together, and we'll see you next week. So. All right, Rick. It's a great week. I've been complaining all college basketball season. I cannot get a lather whipped up. Well, I've managed to work up a lather for the NCAA tournament. March, I forgot how bad I missed March Madness last year. My time at the MAC tournament got me got me whipped into a bit of a frenzy seeing some live hoops, and I'm I'm all in right now. What was your favorite game that you saw? You know what it was? It was the so it was Friday night was the men's semis and right. then Saturday morning they played the women's championship game and the men's championship game Saturday night. So that was pretty awesome. I had about 5 hours to kill in downtown Cleveland. If you ever have the opportunity, don't. <laughs> but 
<laughs> if you've spent I, much I time, I have and have done it. Yes. Well, you know what? I can't under the, the place is so confusing. Number one, so there's those three main highways that go in there, right? What is it? Four eighty, seventy one, and ninety, or right. something like. There might even be a seventy seven in there. Well, right at the entrance to hell, I mean Cleveland, they all come together for one. So wherever you need to go, wherever your exit is, rest assured, two different highways and three different lanes in each direction are coming at you right as you're supposed to exit. You know, be it far from me to defend Cleveland, but I'll tell you what, you get down in Pittsburgh and you start going on some of those, you know, in under underpasses and there's three or four lanes and each one of them Branch, somewhere branches else. off, and if you get in the wrong lane, yeah. you can't get back. No, no. And hell, you don't know where you're going. Yeah, you're you're, you're going to end up in <laughs> West Virginia yeah. before you can get turned around. And then, and then the other thing that happened is probably because of the capacity restrictions, they didn't necessarily have all the parking lots open around right. it. There was only a select few parking. It probably didn't make sense to open everything up. But so coming in there Friday night, I went in the lot. I'd been over to that arena a few times, and the lot I like to park in, I pulled up into it. It wasn't open. I, I couldn't get in. So I backed out, and I had to drive past the arena, and I thought, all right, logically, the way most streets are lined up, or most towns, I'll drive down this street, I'll make a left, I'll make another left, and I'll come back, and I'll come right back to the arena. Oh, no, not in Cleveland. For whatever reason, every 150 yards, there's some weird town square with some nonsensical statue built in the middle. And we're tearing down statues all over the country. How about we do a few in Cleveland? (laughs) I end up in all these circles. I end up clear down by the Brown Stadium, which I don't know if you know Cleveland. That's a butt-long way from the Quicken Loans Arena. I had to turn on my GPS to get back. That's not far from the Hall of Fame. No, it's right right next door. Exactly. I had to turn on the Jeep because you couldn't just turn around and go back to to the other side of town. It was the most frustrating. Anyhow, that had nothing to do with anything. But the women's championship game, Central Michigan versus Bowling Green on Saturday morning, was a fantastic basketball game. Central Michigan had just one of those dominant point guards that are fun to watch and just take over a game. She was pulling up from NBA range. And then there was a girl on Bowling Green, Australian, I think they said, about the best finisher at the rim I've ever seen. Kind of kind of small, small-ish anyhow. She must have got to the rim and finished eight to ten times and never the same way twice. Just, right. just tre- tremendous bad. And it was one of those games, it wasn't just back and forth all the way. It was eight-point run by one team and then ten-point run the other way. And it just went like that the whole way. So that was probably the most entertaining game. Huh. So uh, w- watch out. Uh, Jason, <clears throat> Jason Preston, point guard for Ohio. I wish they hadn't drawn Virginia if Virginia can play in the first round. He's that type of guy, kind of skinny, kind of weird-looking. Everything he throws up hits, crazy ball hander. He's that guy on whatever that low-level mid-major team is that leads right. his team to a victory or two. I, I hate the matchup with Virginia. such a good defensive team, but yeah, he, he no was doubt. fun to watch. You know, it, one thing about that, you mentioned, uh, you know, if, if Virginia can play, um, apparently I just heard today that if they don't play, Louisville is first one in. So if they don't get Virginia, it's still an ACC matchup with, with a Louisville team, which kind of falter towards the end of the year. But, I mean, they started off pretty well. So I, I'm not sure. Did you hear the stink about that? No. Of course. And God, I wasn't name, aware there was a stink. His name escapes me. But 
the uh, tournament selection committee chairman. Oh, I can't used remember to be, who it is. Used now. to be the AD at where? Kentucky. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so they Louisville spin. didn't make it, but gee, Rick Pitino's Iona did. Well, he he auto bid it, and it's not like he got an at large. No, he didn't win the conference title, did he? Yeah, Iona won the conference. Oh, okay. Title. okay. I, yeah. I was thinking they had lost that game. No, okay. No. Yes, but it's just. But it's, I like. It's let's keep Louisville fun. out because yeah. Big Blue's mad. I like <laughs> it. It's bull. It's bull. But I, I like the conspiracy theory. It, it fuels right. things. And so. I, look, they were thirteen and six. They don't didn't really have no. a legitimate gripe. So. Well, and unfortunately for them, they they were a, one of a handful of teams that I think it, it was COVID that that really derailed them. They had so many pauses and right. missed so many games, and they just didn't get the up. I still don't know what a quad one win is and a quad two and a quad three and all the formulas it's getting kind of confusing but it's almost too easy to predict at this I'm, point. I'm, yeah i'm just done with everything is analytics oh, everything yeah. is this they're trying to make everything so damn complicated well yeah it, it and, has to be you know it, it's you and it, it's funny i mean you look at today's day and age right now i mean i was on twitter a lot seeing the, the Ryan Fitzpatrick signing to the Washington football team. Right. Okay? And, and so, some people, you know, obviously were pretty excited about it. Terry McLaurin stocks going up in the fantasy world oh, and so yeah. forth. And But then you have all the – well, you know, he's an aging, you know, average quarterback, blah, blah, blah. So I got to thinking, you know, this is 20 years down the road from when Brett Favre played. Right. Okay, now, Fitzpatrick didn't have near as many starts, obviously, so you're not really comparing, you know, a Hall of Famer to a Hall of Famer. But if if you look at touchdowns to interception percentages, they're almost they're within a percentage point of each other. It's that Brett Favre was a great gunslinger. He's a gunslinger. <laughs> right. he, oh man, what a guy! Fitzpatrick, he's a bum. I. You know, no, he's going to make Washington exciting. Yeah, oh, the, simple the, as that. The, they're going to be newsworthy every yeah. week. Probably the difference. Well, not probably the difference between. And look, I know you're not comparing Ryan Fitzpatrick to Brett Favre. No. The difference is Brett Favre was the gunslinger game to game. The, the damnably frustrating thing with Ryan Fitzpatrick is he looks like Drew Brees for seven weeks, and then looks like Jamarcus Russell the other. But if, but if <laughs> but you, it balances out yeah, on average. But if you look at Brett Favre, he did the same thing. Well, yeah. I mean, I can remember the one, I think it was a Monday night game against Cincinnati through like six picks. And ESPN had like a, a 10 minute, you know, tirade on how great and tired he was after this loss. <laughs> I, you know, he, he did get away with more than the did. average Joe. You know, I mean, and, if Ryan Fitzpatrick never was accused of sending pictures of himself to people either. Well, you that know? might be his problem. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe one maybe, maybe, should. maybe one. Uh, maybe they don't want to look at his beard. I don't know. Maybe one tasteful nude will turn it all around <laughs> for him. You know. So well, let's get back to the tournament. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into the uh, NFL free agency here shortly. So I think so a lot of intriguing storylines in this. Patrick Ewing, that run Georgetown made going through the Big East, you know, with a with a 500 team. You mentioned Rick Pitino getting in. Those are two fantastic yeah. stories right there. I You, you want to pay attention to that. I love, did you see the Patrick Ewing press conference where he kept getting accosted by 
uh, security guards at Madison Square Garden because yeah. apparently he refused to wear his credential. And he just said, you, you want my credential? Look up there. That, yeah. <laughs> look all around you. This is my house. What exactly. are you talking I think it was tongue-in-cheek, but... It, I, I want nothing more than one day in one place in my life to have the type of sway to just say, do you know who I am? Yeah, no doubt. I, I, I agree. But, you know, you're talking about, um, you know, the parking lots weren't open and, and obviously the, the limitation to the amount of people at the stadiums. It's, it's, it's kind of sad in a way because, to me, it takes away – one really crucial element of the tournament. I mean, when when you have a full capacity crowd, sure you have your Kentucky fans and you right. have your Creighton fans and so forth. But the the really the key element is when that 15 seed or that 14 seed gets on a heater and somebody that's there to watch somebody else they start getting oh, into yeah. this, oh, yeah. and then the energy starts filling the arena. This team starts believing that they can win. The other team, you know, the fa- heavily favored team, starts to press a little bit, right. you know, and and it just starts reaching this boiling point. You're not going to have that. No, I mean, th- there's going to be people there, even perhaps more than they thought, but it, it isn't going to be the same. And you're right; that's probably. If there's any advantage to a lower seeded right. team, I've been to two different. I've never been beyond the first and second rounds, but twice I've been to that, and that's what it is. If you get an underdog, you get an underseeded team. You know, each team gets their allotment of what a couple thousand yeah. tickets for their boosters. They will suddenly be the only fans of the favored team in the building. Yep. And everybody comes together in the energy in the building. Yeah, because these underdogs become the home team. Right. Of a packed house, yeah, and, and that's that's the difference maker that you just you're just not going to see it. Yeah, but it, it's better than what they had last year. So, and, and I'll tell you, you can see how important it is. I noticed it just out at the MAC tournament Friday night. Very few people there for either game, right. and in Saturday morning. Now for the championship, I believe Ohio's at fifty percent capacity, or some somewhere around there. For the championship game Saturday night, it was clearly as full as it was allowed to be, and it, it was Ohio and Buffalo, so it was a very pro-Ohio crowd. Right. And when you got into the second half of that game, it got loud. You almost forgot there was hardly anybody in that building, and it made a difference in, right. in the energy at college basketball. And that's what I'm going to be – and that's what I'm worried about specifically when we get out to the Final Four. So now you're in a freaking football stadium with, I don't know, 18 people, and I don't know how many people. I think Indiana's right. pretty loose with their restrictions, but I don't know. It's just not going to be the same. That's the tough part. And that's honestly why I can't get any juice worked up. Number one, it was just all the pauses. You never knew who was playing. You never right. – it was tough. But number two, you turn on games. If it wasn't a team you were interested in or you weren't betting on – it's just hard. It looked like a scrimmage. They all look like practices. So, yeah. God, I hope this is it. I hope next season we get back in. Oh, I hope so. I'm so done with this. It's, uh, it's unbelievable. But, you know, speaking of, of betting on teams, I, I take it you did a bracket. Oh, I, <coughs> I did a bracket. Does it hurt your feelings at all that no Duke, no Kentucky this year? No. It doesn't hurt my Everyone's feelings Everyone's acting at all. like, oh, this is the worst thing that's ever happened Why? to college. I don't care. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's fun I, to root against them as they go on. You know, if you're not a fan of Duke or Kentucky, it's good to have that villain. I don't know who the villain you is know what in I this feel year's worse tournament. For with Dayton of last year, yeah, that team was you know, poised that was to a make a good run. Basketball team, yeah. and they just got screwed totally. 
Yeah. So, and, and yeah, so no, I don't feel sorry for Kentucky. Duke, or Duke. and Kentucky will be back next you know, year. Duke be pulled in. out. They had a chance to run the ACC tournament. Right. So, I mean, I don't want to hear nothing that Duke didn't get in. Yeah. Well, they, they, they were going to have to win the tournament, but I just I don't think the tournament lacks without them. And that seems to be the narrative. Right. And maybe from a TV ratings perspective, maybe that's there. That's probably right. I don't know. But they don't drive me to a television. It's, no. I'm watching irregardless, and I'm not going to miss them one bit. No, not at all. You do miss having the villain. Like I said, I don't know who the villain is. Like, it's always Duke. Those are the teams. Those teams aren't really around. This North Carolina's no good. You know, kind of the traditional Kansas. I guess they're a three seed, but I, they don't feel like a threat to me. You, you don't have that team this year. No, but I, I will say one thing after some of the, the escapades earlier on. that One team I am rooting against, and they're certainly not even a shoe-in, is Syracuse. Uh, oh, always just, with just Syracuse. Bayheim. He just <laughs> I mean, he's just such a putz. I can't stand him. Yeah, as far as a bad guy, there, there really isn't any. I mean, you may throw a bad guy on, I don't know, you can't throw it on Gonzaga because they've never won it. I mean, yeah, I am annoyed by years. them, though. I'm tired of this every single year. Either win or get out. Join the Pac-12 <laughs> yeah. or shut up. I'm I'm tired of this with them every uh, yeah, year. That, now, that said, this this year's team, wow. <laughs> that I think that team would win a lot of games in the Pac-12. But, but again, I don't know. Yeah, I guess we'll find out. In November and December, they would. You look at it. It's kind of funny. You know, you look at Gonzaga's bracket. They've not only beaten but blown out the two three and four seeds in their region so or much but november was a long time ago especially in college basketball i I like to review these things but um i mean how how do we want to go about uh talking about this let's do it this way We'll, we'll go all the way to the end and then actually before we do that we should probably make an announcement we are in fact going to do a chaos and disorder bracket contest Head on over to Chaos, the letter N Disorder on Twitter, or what the hell's the Facebook? Chaos and Disorder podcast on Facebook. I think Finkelstein wants us to give the details over the show. But of course, Finkelstein being Finkelstein, and thus why he's suspended, it couldn't be like everybody else in the country, including major market radio stations. Hey, we created a a group on ESPN or on Yahoo named this. Go sign yeah. up. No, there's some weird ass site I've never seen before, and I some other app that ties into it. And here's the 14 step process of getting those two so, to marry. So nobody's going to get no. in it. Is what so you're saying. That dope can tweet out what everybody needs to do. So you just go to Chaos and Disorder, Chaos and Disorder Pod on Facebook. The details would be there. Sign up. Two prizes, all right? Two prizes. We know the one prize, the the $25 ill-gifted Amazon gift card that I received as I continue to try to clear my conscience as another week has passed, and I have still not acknowledged these gifts. And I had a pretty good week on the FanDuel app, pretty good over the weekend. So I, I put in a little bet on the, some of the Maction over the weekend. Within mind is if I clear it, if I hit this one, this Friday night parlay, I will take that money and make it prize money for this bracket contest. So What if you don't hit the parlay? Well, then I wouldn't be talking about this because <laughs> I'd have lost it. But I won. I did pretty well on it. So $25 
ill-gotten Amazon gift card and 100 United States dollars to the winner of this bracket contest. So wow. head over to the Twitter, head over to the Facebook. Now, now let, now let's make it clear for oh, the listener. Okay. $100 for the winner and, and the gift card for second yeah, or winner for take everything? all winner I, sec- take all second place sucks you right. if you finish in second you're a loser and you're getting nothing and you should never listen to the show again that's my stance now well, i no, can say i want them to, i would listen because they might have a chance to win something later no no I'm going to win, so this is really a, no, no, a no. wasted effort on there. We're eligible. We're we're submitting. Oh yeah. If nothing else, so at least there's three people in the group, and it's not well, as embarrassing. Yeah. And and if you you know let let's face it, I mean let's give a little background here for people that are new to chaos and disorder. We've been doing this shit a long time. Yeah. We, yeah. we, we were a top notch fantasy football podcast for years and years. You know, sports show. So, I mean, you know, we know our stuff, yeah. so you know, bring it on. Yeah, so you, you're going to have a little trouble. Your biggest problem is going to be filling out and submitting the bracket because, The biggest well, problem is going to have Finkelstein yeah. organizing this. When, boy, True. when yeah. are you going to get your act together? Apparently he's never heard of ESPN. You you go all wait until you see this disaster <laughs> trying to get on here. But all right, let's do this, Rick. We'll all start right. in. Does yours go top left, west? Is that what your bracket looks like? Top left is it doesn't even say on mine. All right, is it the Gonzaga yes, region? Yes, Gonzaga. All right, let's do this for at least the set going for the first round. All right, just start at the top. Just uh, point out anybody who's an upset, anywhere where the higher seed wins to include a nine over an eight, and then we'll take it out from there. So we'll start in the Gonzaga region. Okay, I will do that. I have – now, Now, do we have any provisos on these things? Because I have Wichita beating USC. However, I don't want Drake over USC if they happen to beat Wichita. I have the exact same one. So we reserve the right to amend if Wichita would somehow lose to Drake on Thursday night. Gotcha. I have the same one. And I have VCU over Oregon. Wow. We have the exact same ones and only those two. So (laughs) you, you people are in trouble. I wonder, since we're playing for the money, I guess, should we really be tipping our hands to the listeners? I mean, we're going to do it, but it's probably foolhardy. Well, it doesn't matter. I mean, if if they want to change their um, brackets to try to beat us, then we'll end up losing anyway. Yeah. So we're really not. Or end up tie, keep it the same in time, me, because I'm running the well, table. Yeah, but with we'll this flip bitch. the coin on air and win the, t- the toss. So oh, they, yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah, we've done that, that yeah, move before. There you go. All right. So, second round, Rick, Gonzaga, Oklahoma. Okay. I have. Um, oh, second round. I'm sorry. I've got uh, Gonzaga. Creighton, Virginia. Virginia. Wichita, we'll say Wichita, Kansas. I have Kansas. And VCU, Iowa. Iowa. We have this so far, still the exact same bracket. So Gonzaga, Creighton. Or no, wait, you had Virginia coming yeah, I had Virginia. out. Oh, I took Creighton okay. to upset Virginia. All right, great. The only, the only reason I'm down on Virginia, they could be a Final Four team. Dealing with these COVID things, sounds like they're not even, assuming they pass all the testing can go, they're not even going to Indianapolis until the night of the we game. We may have to amend on Twitter if Virginia opts out of well, the tournament yeah. and so forth. Well, you, if Louisville's in the tournament, I'll you'll always run them to the <laughs> yeah. Final Four. So. So, all right, so you've got Gonzaga, Virginia, and I assume you have Gonzaga coming out there. Yes. And uh, Kansas, Iowa. Yes, I have Iowa. So both of us then, I'm with you there. Gonzaga, Iowa, who's going to the final four? I got Zaga. 
Yeah, I tried to come up with a scenario, and I, yeah. Iowa could. That's a, that's a good basketball team. I was a good team. basketball team, but I still like Gonzaga better. Yeah, because you know the argument for Iowa is having Luca Garza probably the best player in the country, and he could will them over a good team. But if he's not the best player in the country, Gonzaga has that has the best player in the country. Exactly. So I, I really do think it's Gonzaga there. And I think he has a better team around him. Right. Well, you exactly. Know, so, right. so, yeah, I just couldn't do it. Gonzaga is certainly a Final Four team. All right, Rick, we're going to go to the east. That's the Michigan uh, region, if that's what you have yep. there. So let's do the same thing. Any higher seeds, any upsets in the first round? I have the Bonnies taking out LSU. Ooh. I've got uh, – I'm a believer in Patrick Ewing. I've got Georgetown over Colorado. Um, da, 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 da. And this is another uh, little – We have we the go. same one. If it's Michigan State. I got yep. Tom Izzo <laughs> getting in and beating BYU. However, if it's UCLA, I'm going BYU. Yeah, yeah. Tell it right now. I'm with but you. But I got Michigan say. State. Um, and that's it. As far as upset, no, excuse me. I actually have Maryland over Connecticut. So we have the same up. I guess the only thing we disagree on there is I do have LSU beating St. Bonaventure, but I agree. I've got Michigan, got, got Georgetown. That's going to go one of two ways. They're, they're going to win this thing and make a little bit of a run, really or they have done used it all up yep. because everybody, this is a game everybody's taking. I, I haven't talked to anyone yet who's not taking Georgetown. I thought about zagging when everyone was zigging, but I, I couldn't do it. Well, I after just, the beatdown that they put on um, Creighton. Yeah, Creighton. Oh, yeah. my God. And, yeah, yeah. blank there. But, yeah, I mean, it was just – yeah, it was brutal. And, I mean, Patrick Ewing – Seems to be instilling the old Georgetown mentality of basketball. John right. Thomas, you know Thompson. Yeah, that, that's yeah. what that's what it looked like. I'm yeah. still a 500 team, but yeah, I, I'm with you there. I of course have Michigan State as well. If it's Michigan State, if if not, if it ends up being somehow UCLA, then I'll have BYU there. And I also have Maryland. I like that Maryland team. I like the Big Ten. The Big Ten, yeah. clearly the best conference, and I like that matchup. UConn's fast. They play good defense. They get good guard play. But I, th- I think Maryland can match them, especially on the on the offensive end. All right, Rick, so you have Michigan-St. Bonaventure in round two. And I have Michigan. And I have Mich- Michigan-LSU, but I'll also take Michigan there. So we both have Georgetown-Florida State. Florida State. I think the I think the magic runs out a little bit. Florida State's a good basketball team, and I'm going with the Seminoles. Yeah, so athletic, and yeah. I just they Georgetown cannot keep up with the athleticism of Florida State. So then we're assuming Michigan State and Texas. Michigan State. Oh, so you're going all in on Izzo. <laughs> I I kicked that around. Texas is so good. They, they are. Good. This is a tough tough bracket right here. Texas like could be Ten. in a Final Four team. If it weren't for the the one and two in this one, so I took Texas there, and then Maryland, Alabama, Alabama, yeah, I had no doubt about that. So Michigan, Florida State, I have Michigan, and so you have Michigan State, Alabama, and I have Alabama. I have Texas, Alabama, and what is certain to be the best round of sixteen game if it happens. If Tom Izzo doesn't do what right. Tom Izzo, Izzo does. I, I have flipped on this one over and over again, but after watching the Big Twelve title game and the Big Twelve tournament in general, I'm going with Alabama here. I still can't accept that Alabama is a good basketball school as well, but that is the yeah, case. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I'll be on 
totally honest, I would feel more comfortable if UCLA would just beat Michigan State. Yeah, and, <laughs> you but, can just chalk but, your way but out. But it just there. seems like when Michigan State gets in there, they're good for oh. at least a couple of wins. Yeah, we've seen it, and, and <laughs> if they get in as a two seed, they lose. But if they right. get in as a four, five, or six seed or lower, all of a sudden they become really tough to deal with. Exactly. And so then Michigan, Alabama, we still all that to end up at chalk. Who goes to the Final Four? I've got Michigan. Yeah, chalky. I'm, I'm not a one seed guy normally, but here I go. I've got them. Yeah, the, the, this one's tough. Michigan can win the national championship, but I, I do think they have flaws. And Alabama scores the basketball so well. They are so athletic. I went with, I think this almost feels like an upset, but they are a two seed. But I took Alabama here. I just think, I don't know that we get three or four Big Ten teams in the Final right. Four as good as they are. So I got. One I would have never predicted in November, Alabama in the final four. Yeah, that was one I kicked around, but, man, you know, that was a tough one. All right, let's head over to the south. That is the Baylor region. Any upsets you have in round one? Okay, well, actually, I have Wisconsin beating North Carolina, which I I don't really consider an upset, but it is. Um, Let's see here. Purdue, Arkansas. Florida, no, that's the only one in that bracket. Yeah. I have uh, Wisconsin as well. I don't, I'm not even certain that game's going to be close. I think I think Wisconsin a little underseated there, and I do have Virginia Tech over Florida in, in a ten over a seven. I w- yeah, I've thought about that, but uh, I, I I don't know. I just kind of like Florida in that matchup. But but other than that, pretty chalky. So uh, second round, Rick Baylor, Wisconsin. I have Baylor and Villanova, Purdue. I like Purdue coming out of that Big Ten. I think Purdue could be, you know, one of these kind of sleeper teams people not talking a lot about, paying attention to. Yeah, more on that to come, uh, but I agree with you there. Texas Tech and Arkansas. I have Arkansas. Um, I kicked that one around a little bit, but Arkansas had a pretty good season, and um, so I'm going with the Razorbacks yeah, in that game. They're playing that fast, up-and-down style. It looks like those old Nolan Richardson yeah, 40 minutes of hell teams exactly. is, is how they're playing. Texas Tech's got side. I'm going to go Texas Tech here in what I guess is a mild upset. I think this is a coin flip game. Two very different styles of basketball. Secretly, I'm rooting for that to go the other way but because I like those types of Arkansas teams, those wide open. But I've got Texas Tech there. And then you have Florida, Ohio State. I have Ohio State easily. Yeah, and I have Ohio State beating Virginia Tech, so it ends there. All right, Baylor-Purdue. I have uh, Baylor. I think this is going to be a very good game. I, I have uh, the Bears coming out of that one, victorious. I For a couple years now, I've loved this Purdue team. And, and they seem to, to underperform at times and other times look unbeatable. This is going to be the instance where I get rid of a number one seed early. And this is probably mm. foolhardy because Baylor has been clearly the second best team in the country all year long. I just got a feeling... It's the Big Ten. I've got Purdue, Rick, upsetting Baylor here. And then Texas – well, you have Arkansas, Ohio State. Yes. And i tell you what, this is one I kicked around to get a number two seed out, but I I couldn't do it when push come to shove. I have the Buckeyes – Edging out Arkansas. Yeah, I have Texas Tech going up against Ohio State, and I think Ohio State's just too good. And so then you – so we both – well, you have Baylor, Ohio State. 
Who's going to the final? I have four? Baylor. I, I'm a believer in Baylor this year. Yeah, so I have Purdue, Ohio State. I have an all Big Ten Elite Eight there. And I am taking in my only low C going to the final four, Rick the Purdue, Boilermakers. the Boilermakers. Heading out to the final four, be rooting for. He doesn't get many minutes, but uh, a young man named Ethan Morton from my alma mater playing for Purdue, playing limited minutes as a freshman. I got the Boilermakers in the surprise Big Ten team to make it out to the final four. See, my weird bracket's coming up. Oh, good. So there's the preview. (laughs) So start with the weirdness, Rick, as we – any upsets in the Midwest region, the Illinois region? Um – well, I actually have, as much as I hate them, Syracuse upsetting San Diego State. They'll do it just to piss you off. Just, just to make me mad, right. and he'll do it every year. And that's the only one that I have. All right, so what do I have? I have the 12-seed Oregon State taking out Tennessee. I, I watched Tennessee really? play. They, they just don't blow my skirt up. Oregon State got on a heater in that Pac-12 tournament. I think they keep similar to Georgetown. I think it, if I'm being honest, I'm hedging my bet. One of them, Oregon State or Georgetown, is going to keep on the <laughs> heater and one is going to fall on their face. So I pick both of them, sure to be right on one. That's go. how you win a bracket contest and $25. Amazon gift cards. <laughs> uh, what else do I have? Nothing there. I have Syracuse over San Diego State as well. And Bayheim pisses you yeah, off. Yeah, just he'll win a game just to yeah. irritate the shit out of me. And then I got Rutgers over Clemson. Back to that Big Ten. I've got a Big Ten bias in this year's tournament. I actually started writing Rutgers down in that, but I, you know, I started looking. It's like okay. You know, I, I actually have to be a realist about things. You know, the, these conferences no matter how much I like these teams somebody's going to lose oh, yeah you know yeah. and I'm thinking okay Rutgers let, I'll I'll take yeah. my chance it's, it's just Rutgers yeah right. um, I've got the bias Clemson that might be more ACC hatred coming from an embattled Pitt fan but in, in watching Clemson I'll tell you what Clemson could be one of those teams be on the lookout for them as a seven seed if that team shoots as well as they play defensively, and as long as they are, if that team shoots and they get on a two-week heater, that team could end up in the Final Four. If they go out and have one of their poor shooting nights, which I've seen them have a few times, they'll be gone here with Rutgers. So that's what I'm going to predict happens. Yeah, because they're at a seed right now. They're not playing a lightweight. Right. You know, so if they're cold, they're done. Yeah, and and that's what I think is going to happen. But if they come out and they're shooting 50% from the field and 40% from three, this team could make a deep run and could be scary for uh, for Houston. So, but we have Houston there. So, in the second round, we both have Illinois and Loyola Chicago. Yeah, I've got uh, Illinois. Um, I think they're playing well. Obviously, they won the Big Ten tournament, but uh, I, I tell you what, the Illini look good. I mean, they're a number one seed. They've had a great year the whole way through. Yeah, I wish this wasn't the matchup. I actually think Loyola was a little underseeded. You know, coming out of the small conference they did, I guess they get it. You're not going to get that same Final Four Sister Jean run they got a few years ago, but this is a good basketball team. It is yeah. just everything they do well matches up very poorly with Illinois. So, yeah, certainly Illinois wins that one. Probably isn't even all that close. And you have Tennessee, Oklahoma. I have Oklahoma State winning this one. Or Oklahoma I, I'm State, like you. Yeah. I thought Oklahoma or I thought Tennessee. I just thought they were better in Oregon State, but 
you know, I think the end. I think it ends right there. Quite yeah. frankly, yeah, Oklahoma State playing very well. They've got the best player in the country right now, so I, I think that makes a big difference. So with me having the upset coming out, no Cinderella run for Oregon State. Right. Oklahoma State's wax them, and we both have Syracuse West Virginia. And as a Pitt fan, this is the most god awful matchup one could ever have to watch. But I'll watch every minute of it in Bristol. Oh, of course, yeah. Well, I mean, I think this is when uh, Bayheim quits pissing me off because I have the Mountaineers oh, take, yeah. taking them out. I, I think Huggy Bear whacks him. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, if Oscar Shebway, who who's from a local high school near you up there in Kennedy, if he doesn't transfer out mid-year, we could be talking about West Virginia, in my opinion, as a championship-caliber team. They are still a great team without him, and it's a shame yeah. that happened. Exactly. But uh, bu- yeah. bully for Kentucky next year, getting that young man yep. in. And then, uh, so yeah, I have uh, West Virginia as well. And then Rutgers, I have Rutgers, Houston, you have Clemson, Houston. Yeah, and, and I don't think um, even if Clemson is shooting hot, I don't think they're good enough to beat Houston. So I have Houston yeah. taking them out. Yeah, I have Houston there. I don't. Houston doesn't even give up sixty points a game. I don't right. think that's going to be, which will which will set up for a really interesting uh, Sweet Sixteen matchup. So Illinois, Oklahoma State. I have uh, the Illini coming out. Um, I, I kicked this one around for a long this, this time. This is good. This is a game I'm looking forward to. Yeah, this really and is. I really hope it comes to fruition too because I, I'm excited to see this. But I, I like Illinois. I just think they're just a good, solid basketball team. Yeah, if things play out the way they should, Texas, Alabama, and Illinois, Oklahoma State are going to be some great games yeah. in the Sweet 16. And West Virginia, Houston. I have West Virginia. I, I'm really uh, liking what Bobby Huggins has done there, and just a good basketball. Again, I mean, yeah, you know, you say, of course, a lot of the, these higher seeds are good basketball teams, but you know, you say it like with emphasis. I mean, they're just a good, there's solid basketball yeah. team. There's something about this West Virginia team, and and I like what Houston does defensively. But West Virginia can play that style of ball too, and West Virginia right. has better offensive weapons. So I'm right there with you. I've got West Virginia. So what Illinois at West? Well, not at Illinois, yeah. West Virginia to go to the Final Four. And this is my craziness. I'm going with the Mountaineers, buddy. Let's yes, go sir. Mountaineers. I let's am. go drink some beers. Final Here we go. Four. Yeah, I, I kicked this one around a little bit. If Shibway was still there, I think they match up with Illinois better with uh, Kofi Colburn in Illinois. Shibway may be able to match up with him and limit him. Without him, they still got size. They, they can still play, but Illinois is rolling, man. So I got Illinois going into the Final Four to be my, uh, I guess, only my second Big Ten team on the Final Four. So here we go. Your final four. I forget. You had Gonzaga, Gonzaga, Michigan. Michigan, Baylor, and West Virginia. I actually have three number ones. All right. Go ahead and take us through to the end. Give me your championship game and your champion. I have gotten Michigan taking out Gonzaga. Yeah. All right. And um, I, as much as I want Huggins to get a national title, I've got Baylor taking West Virginia. And in overtime, Baylor beats Michigan. OT, already predicted it. I (laughs) love it. So, Baylor, your national champion. Baylor, who I took out in the uh, Sweet 16. So, we're going to be very far apart one way or the other in the – Yeah, so I had Gonzaga, Alabama – 
Rick, I just loved what I've seen from Alabama, and it just feels like those type of years. I have Alabama taking out Gonzaga, playing for the national championship. In Purdue, Illinois, I think that one, that's where the magic ends for Purdue. Illinois to the national championship game. And, Rick, based on Kofi Colburn, the way they're playing, the style of basketball they play, I have Illinois 83-79 over the Alabama Crimson Tide. Illinois is your national title. I had a feeling back in the Sweet 16 that Illinois was your team. You could feel it coming? Yeah, I I did. I tipped my hand somewhere along the line that's what that's what i felt but um yeah i'm kind of glad that i that i was right on that but no that's a that's a great pick because they're playing good basketball and um and kind of under the radar it almost feels like at least until the big 10 championship right. i felt exactly. like because i had high state yeah michigan yeah, because I had this feeling going into the tournament, you know, thinking, you know, they were going to be a two seed and, you know, that was going to be my sneaky pick to be a national champion. And, and then a, they go on this crazy run. Well, you know. that's the curse of the Big Ten, it, especially in basketball. If you're not Ohio State, Michigan, and Michigan State, you really don't get m- mentioned. No, no. You Mid- really don't. Yeah, Michigan State having a down year got more press than right. almost anybody in right. the Right. I mean, it used to be Indiana with Bob in the Bob Knight years, but, you know, now it's Ohio State, Michigan, and Tom Izzo running around. Everybody yeah. talks about Michigan <laughs> State, and everybody else is an afterthought. Yeah, but it's a great conference. And he's all angry. So, so there it is. So remember, Chaos and Disorder on Twitter, Chaos and Disorder Pod on Facebook. Check all that out. Be a part of the action. Finkelstein will tweet that nonsense out. Join up. Win the $25 gift card at 100 hard-earned United States dollars from your friends here at Chaos and Disorder. Oh, so the, the crowd's they're, they're excited. They're happy. <laughs> they're, they are. They're I wonder excited. if people even spend the gift. Well, you, they still get to keep the card because it's all online. So maybe I'll autograph the gift card as well. I think oh. people would want our autographs, wouldn't they? <laughs> I've, I've given mine many times. What I ought to do is have the, the, the guy who gave the card to me autograph that, I mean, write a little apology for doing it. But then I'd have to acknowledge I received yeah, it. Yeah, and then so. you don't want to do that because all right. it's just not you. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's take a break here, Rick. We'll come back. Uh, uh, who are we going to hear from first? Dead Sled, I believe. So let's uh, let's sell a little coffee, and we'll be back right after this. Let's talk about our sponsor, Dead Sled Coffee. Dead Sled Coffee strives to create a culture of acceptance and respect, no matter what your level of coffee knowledge is. They are distinguished coffee for the exceptional and unconventional. They offer amazing products that do not require your dictionary or your atlas to appreciate. Feel comfortable ordering their coffee and know that it is not a crime if you do not know where the beans came from or where it was processed. They have done all the work for you, having slurped and sniffed through endless cuppings so you can just sit back and enjoy your coffee experience. Not sure what to try? Well, try some of their new signature blends, the Robert England blend, the Kiss blend, and the Cypress Hill blend. Go to deadsledcoffee.com. Use the promo code DEADSLED. 15 and take 15% off your order. Deadsledcoffee.com. And hey, tell them Fligger and Briggs sent you. 
All right, welcome back in. We're going to come in cold because you know, we don't. The producer's under suspension, so rather than try to run between the control room and what I can control here in the studio, but we are back. Chaos and disorder. We'll make this a short break, Rick. So after I think after the uh, chop shop read, maybe we'll cover NFL free agency. So just one thing I, I wanted to throw out, and if you had a little something, we can do that as well. But uh, didn't hardly pay any attention to the actual action of the play. Players Championship down at where was it at Sawgrass yeah. I believe oh, yeah. love that course but but something that stuck in my craw that happened before the tournament even started when the PGA decided that they would de- deem number nine out of bounds right. after DeChambeau threatened to go there to give himself a better angle into eighteen so they declared it under ba- out of bounds under the uh, veil of safety for the for the guests for the fans. Boy, it just felt like, you know, it it felt like you, if you know what I mean. It really felt like a get-off-my-lawn moment from the PGA. And I I just wondering, as an old guy and a get-off-my-lawn guy, where Rick Briggs stands on that. Well, it just so happens that actually Alejandro and I were um, talking about that. And to me, I thought it was ridiculous. Really? So I don't even get to do this. Look, because <laughs> really, well, I, I, had it all I can give that up. to the PGA. I can okay. give that to the PGA. There man. you go. You know how I feel about them, anyway. Well, yeah, yeah. you're not, Rick Briggs, <laughs> not a fan. No, but but let's let's uh, you know if you want to, like I can remember back, and I don't remember what year it was. It was at Augusta, and. I think it was at Augusta. I, I can't even remember. It's been so long. But anyway, I can remember that Andy Bean. I don't know if you know if you no, remember. I've never who even he heard is. of Andy yeah, Bean. Andy Bean, a big guy, big redheaded guy, you know, won a few tournaments, long hitter back in the day. Was cutting a corner. Well, they didn't like that. That he was cutting the corner in at on a par five. Okay. And having basically an eight iron or nine iron in. So they planted like a 50-foot oak tree. All right, I'm for that. Exactly. That's, yeah. Well, that's the thing. That's all you would have to have done there is plant just a few trees right on the tee box. Because your driver, you know, you can't get it up that quick, right. you know, yeah. with the loft. So, I mean, it's not that difficult of a thing. But, no, they have to, well, you're just not allowed. Yeah. Because that, that's the culture of now, okay, you can't do anything. <laughs> you know, so... <laughs> And it, no, it, it is. It it just pisses me off that that okay now we just this is out of bounds, you know. When well, that it, was just coward. When it wasn't the day before, okay. I mean, if they did it last year, right? And then they all of a sudden in two thousand and twenty two or or two thousand twenty one, you know, they did it last year in two thousand twenty. Okay, now we've deemed it out of bounds. Okay, they know that. But see, he does it, and then all of a sudden, it's out of bounds. Yeah, yeah. that's crazy. That's nuts. It's chicken shit. Ooh, I, I like it. Yeah, well, good because I felt the exact same way. And look, I have no. If anything, I root against Deshambo. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just because Finkelstein's sexually attracted to him. Maybe that's what <laughs> bothers me because he does that weird grunt Where? and whatever. Are you so, get your act so together? maybe that's it. Maybe it's. I don't know. There's there's something about him I find off-putting. And I think th- this is the PGA Tour saying, you know, we are not going to tolerate somebody getting all jacked up and just rendering our courses useless, which, it, which feels yeah, foolish to me. First know, of all, guys aren't going to do that. 
it is so media driven because you know you you look back look at Tiger Woods you know I mean people love him or they hate him it's right. not like oh it's Tiger Woods yeah okay well they're doing the same thing to DeChambeau now because a guy can hit long. Oh my God! Oh, huh. he's a god. No, he's not. No, he'll go. And that's to a, where idiots like he'll go to Augusta, which is a fairly short course. Right. He starts blowing it in the trees and down Ray's Creek. He oh. may not even make the cut. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you have you still have to be accurate. It doesn't matter if you can hit it four hundred yards. If you're gonna blow it out of bounds somewhere, it doesn't really much matter. Right. So. You know, I, I blame a lot of that on the media, all this attention and guys like Kyle Porter with some of these stories. <laughs> well, and, and that's the thing. But here's what the PGA, and they have always felt more than any other sport almost short-sighted when it comes to marketing or evolving or whatever it is. Look, Tiger Woods is still in the hospital. I don't think he's coming back, or if he comes back, it's not going to be pretty. And he really hasn't been Tiger Woods for 10 years now. No. They don't have a – look at your stars right now. Look at Dustin Johnson. Look at Brooks Kepka. Look at Justin Tom. These guys are blocks of wood. They're great golfers, right. but they're just dullards. No person – I, I, I mean, my God, Kepka puts me to sleep just looking at him. I mean, they're just golf robots. Right. DeChambeau, and, and, love him or hate him, you almost need that. That brings in right. the casual guy like the Finkelstein. Reeds, yeah, you know some of these. Well, Patrick Reed something. didn't even the love hate. Everyone just hates him, yeah. which is actually good for the get bad for Patrick Reed. Really good right. for the game of golf. You bring in the the people questioning right. their sexuality like Finkelstein when it comes to DeChambeau, but it's something exciting. The average guy's going to tune in and say, "I want to see this guy blast one four hundred. You know, right. they'll watch a tournament that they wouldn't otherwise watch and and you know it's the pga you know i won't have it we can't have it it's just stupid just stupid and short-sighted i know i i'm i'm with you on that and you know i i feel like the get off my lawn guy because i talk about like when i was growing up there were so many personalities and Guys that you hated, guys that you loved on the tour, there was everybody was so different, and I mean, it was just like I mean, you know, you can, it was, it was the golden age when, right. when you had all that, and then it morphed into once those guys started getting old, it was Tiger and Phil. Well, Tiger beat Phil every week, yeah. so I mean, who? It was nothing exciting. Yeah, they were rivals. But at least it was kind of like we'll see how low Tiger can go. But then he started breaking his leg and throwing his back out, yeah. and now it's just kind of like you said, a bunch of blocks of wood walking yeah. around, swinging golf clubs, you know, and and you know, nodding at the crowd. Right. Yeah. It's just, they need something you, you need, you, you see with tiger, there was, there was something about him, even though he was a dick, he oh, was a personality. And, he was a, and how about Rory shooting 10 over or whatever, missing the cut at TPC. And why is that? Because all of a sudden he decided to mess with his swing, apparently right. trying to hit like DeChambeau. Well, you can't. No, no. I is. mean, that's, you know, I mean, it's like Tom Kite trying to swing like Jack Nicholas for crying out loud. I mean, you can't do that. Play your game. You've right. got four majors. He's got one, okay? I, I don't know. It's just. 
But that's what makes it interesting, though, too, right? Because golf is a copycat thing. So you see a guy like DeChambeau come up. Well, it shouldn't be, but it is. So you DeChambeau having some success this way, and then you see all the dummies trying to follow that. Well, this isn't working. Do that. It's a story every week, and the PGA is doing everything they can to shut down the story. And I'm not buying the crap about oh, it's for the safety of the fan. I'll tell you what. How about this? DeChambeau will say, "Hey, I'm hitting over there. Move those people." If you said a dime over there, chances are he could land the ball on it. He knows where it's going. They do this all the time. I'm always I'm always amazed by I these I feel like these people are insane, but that's how good these golfers are. When somebody hits it in the rough or in the trees and there's that tunnel of people right. four inches on either side of the ball and they just build that path for him to hit through. If I was hitting out of that, I'd kill seven people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there <laughs> ain't they, no doubt every, about it. Every that. time straight through it, it, you know, so don't tell me I that's have about seen safety. Guys and, and I can remember one, the first the first live tournament that I was at. And I was walking up the rough. I mean, I was way over, almost out of bounds, walking along the edge of the tree line, right? And, there's, of course, there's a bunch of trees and high grass. And all of a sudden, you know, you hear this clamor in the, in the tree above you, and you look down, and here comes this golf ball down. <laughs> and, and it's like, you know, 10 feet from me. So I figured, okay, cool, I'll stop, right? It was Johnny Miller. Okay, this nice. is back like in the 70s. Johnny Miller comes down. He goes, anybody see my ball? I said, yeah, it's right here. He said, okay, cool. You know, so I'm standing there. And, I mean, I know we're not video, but, I mean, you're looking at me. I mean, it is like out this way, which is a 90-degree angle from where I'm looking at you, and then up to the another 90-degree up to the green. All right. He put it within 10 feet. I mean, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah I mean, the ball just goes out and then makes a sharp left and goes up on – I mean, I <laughs> – yeah, I mean, you know, you can think you're good at golf, but yeah. trust me, you're not. Yeah, fortunately, I don't think I'm good, good at I've given it up. I'm tired of spending all that money being that angry all the time. You know, before we get into everything else, before the next break. All right. You know, back when we had the show Point Blank. Ah, that was a good one. Our fan, uh, the show. fantasy fans disagree, but they have no sense of humor. No. But anyway... We ran a story about a poor woman that you, that you had discovered that was uh, in her house. It was dead for, what, three years, yeah. I believe. Yeah, okay. and somehow nobody knew. Yeah. Somehow well, the grass was getting mowed and the garbage taken Exactly. Out. Well, I've got a similar story. Oh, for uh-oh. You. Uh-oh. Gertrude's sister? believe an elderly Scottish woman who was discovered dead last month in Aberdeen may have been dead for up to, get this, 12 years. <laughs> Nobody checked on her in 12 years? Christina Malley's body was found February 25th in her home after she didn't show up for a COVID vaccine appointment. Like, who made it for her? Yeah, how did the appointment get made? <laughs> oh, no. After 12 years? She would have been in her 80s. Okay, nurses went to the house to check on Malley. Now, get this. This is the weird part. But her husband said she wasn't home. Oh, so this was a stuff her body in the freezer and collect the social security situation. However, her body was found later inside. An elderly... (laughs) What the hell? Excuse me, yeah. You're choking on this. Yeah, and and they don't know exactly when she died, but they estimate it could have happened as early as 2009. So, I mean, it's ongoing. This is a recent story, so I don't have any other details on what happened to her. Did she die of natural causes and he was just so distraught he couldn't? He's like, 
for twelve Norman days and, and kept her there. I don't know. He just lets her stink in the house. I mean, did he put I her in the know. freezer anyhow? I don't know. So yeah, that that that's a little twist. There's actually someone there. That's you talk about hoarders, man. Yeah. He doesn't even get rid of a dead wife, let alone old newspapers. <laughs> you know, imagine what that house smells like. I good know. God. Well, let's take a break. Oh on yeah, that I, I think this is, this is a good time to talk about dinner. And if you want dinner, <laughs> listen up. We've got some advice for you, and we'll be back right after this. We would like to take this opportunity to tell you about our sponsor and friends, The Chop Shop in Butler, Pennsylvania. The Chop Shop is leading the way in the western Pennsylvania area for good eats. With fresh menus, great specials, in-house made desserts, and the recently added iced tea, lemonade, and milkshake bar, you are sure to find something to fulfill that craving or hankering, and even a little something extra for that sweet tooth. Yep, they even have gluten-free and vegetarian options as well. You know, between Facebook, Google, Yelp, and TripAdvisor, they average 4.7 out of 5, and that's over a 10-year span, so they are consistently killing it. You can check them out on Facebook, but also at ChopShopButler.com, or do yourself a favor and visit them at 108 North Main Street, Butler, Pennsylvania, and tell them Flager and Briggs sent you. All right, welcome back in Chaos and Disorder Chop shop, man. Clutch. I, I'm thinking Friday night I'm going back for the DUI. I don't blame you. You know, as a matter of fact, Finkelstein, if you're listening, and you better be, I think if you're reinstated next week, I think part of your penance is going to be to bring in some chop shop. Surprise us. Yeah, we don't we don't need to know what it is. Yeah. Just well, we do because he he would f up a one car funeral, so we do have to put our order in. You know what? I'm going back to the land yacht. I need another land yacht. Lanyards are great. <laughs> just, yeah. No squid. No, no, no squid. Yeah. You know, just the obligatory squid no, mention. No nonsense. And in fact, yeah, Billiam, I believe he calls the proprietor of the the chop shop. You can even leave off all the vegetables, just meat and yeah. bread. That that's all I need. So so Finkelstein, oh, get you on. You get that. hot dogs that you were craving last week too. So. Hot dogs? Didn't you say you wanted hot dogs? I don't remember. I would eat a hot dog. I think right you did. Now. In in what context? I think you were talking about hot dogs. You know, I don't cho- think the chop shop has hot dogs. I'm sure they cook you up one if you wanted one. It would be <laughs> I awesome. Don't know. I have no idea. There is nothing better than a good chili cheese dog. They're good. I I love hot dogs, man. Yeah, I just can't hardly beat it. You're probably not supposed to anymore. Was it the nitrates or something? But I like a hot dog. They've had nitrates in it for years. All right, let's test him, Finkelstein. We want hot dogs from the chop shop next week and beer. Rick needs more beer, and then you're reinstated. So uh, get on that. <laughs> All right. All right. NFL free agency. It hadn't even Ugh. started yet. What what a wank this uh, yeah, how tampering is this? Yeah. is. I mean, it's just so it, – uh. I, I, what can you say? It's just stupid. I mean, these teams have clearly been negotiating for weeks, if yeah. not months. Why don't they just, when the minute the Super Bowl's over, it's on? I mean, on. they're announcing these deals right and left, and yet it hasn't started yet. Right, yeah, yeah. Give me a break. Yeah, they're just allowed to start talking now. Yeah, yeah right. But, give me a break. But let's get down to it. You know, uh, Bud Dupree is. Uh, He's the highest paid one so far, going off to Tennessee. Five years, eighty-two and a half million bucks, and it's a good fit for him because I was ready if he'd signed in the wrong place to say, "All right, here comes the real test. We'll see what it looks like when he's not on a great defense like that. When he doesn't have a T.J. Watt on the other side, 
Tennessee can already get after the quarterback. Right. So th- this is a good fit for him. I I hope the best for him. He he was he was good, maybe not great. Great last year, but good in his Steelers career. I think he's a big addition for them. I, I think he's a perfect fit. Hopefully the knee's healthy, although they bounce back from these ACLs now like they're hangnails anymore. Right. So I, I think a really good fit in Tennessee. This is a team poised, you know, to make a run for a championship, and I think Dupree helps that. Definitely. There's no doubt about that. It, you know, one thing, the the moves that has really interested me is you remember the old Gronk and Aaron Hernandez days. Well, all of a sudden, you know, New England's shifting gears with Cam Newton at the helm. You know, maybe we, you know, because look at the chemistry you used to have with, with uh, Greg Olson in Carolina. Right. Well, now all of a sudden we have Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry both in New England, and that gives him the type of weapons that Cam Newton likes. That's true. And, you know, you you throw one more wide receiver. Well, they've already gotten Alligator Arms, Aguilar, and um, <laughs> who's the other signing? I even forget now. Uh, um, uh, bu- 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 hold on. Uh, Kendrick Bourne out of San Francisco, right? right? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I, look, they're – Looking much better on offense. I I guess not that Brady winning the championship and the Patriots not making the playoffs hadn't already taught us that lesson, but it puts a cap on the was it Bill or was it Tom? It was Tom, and Bill tried it you know one way, tried it his way for one year where keeping everything else kind of vanilla and no true offensive weapons and just bringing in the new quarterback. And that didn't work out so hot. So now they're just talking about spending like drunken sailors, you know, Smith, Aguilar, Bourne, Brennan, uh, Judon, uh, never ends. Hunter Henry. I was actually surprised at um, Cam Newton signing, quite frankly. Um, that, that was, I thought there was better options out there. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess, I mean, I, I certainly think there is a brought in Jalen Mills as well. New England did on defense. Um, but the $14 million, I mean, it's potentially, I mean, I don't think it's guaranteed, but still look, he had probably one of his better passing percentage, completion percentage performances in his whole career was like 65%. But he was still negative in touchdowns and interceptions. I mean, that just doesn't get it. And he just has never been, since way early on in his career, any type of dominant passer. No, I mean, that never was his game. No, he still seemed to have the running ability. It's not what it was in 2012, but... That's right. But, I mean, sooner or later you're going to hit that wall and he's right. not going to be able to do that. I think that's where where Smith and Henry really come in, in into play and become extremely valuable because, you know, even those latter years in Carolina, Greg Olson was a monster. Oh, absolutely. You know, so, I mean, I love these pickups. Yeah, yeah. They, they look, they're smart moves for them. They can still compete. You know, Buffalo's really good. I don't think with these moves – they make themselves better than Buffalo, but you're competing for a wild card spot, sure. especially in an extent, expanded playoff. And I'll be curious what they do long term, right? You know, you, you talk about there apparently was had to have been some type of agreement. All right, Cam, you come up here for one year 
and play for nothing. And then if we deem you worthy, we'll light you up because that's what they did. I mean, a thirteen million dollar yeah. raise, yeah, really something. But look, good for the team and bringing in the tight ends. You're right, lines up with where where Cam Newton's strengths are and where he needs to be in that passing game. Aguilar, you know, you fantasy owners, no on Aguilar, no on Bourne. They'll be just other guys. This is going to be about the tight end position. Yeah, exactly. And I don't want to hear about how great a year Aguilar had last year. Yeah, it was a good year, but that was an anomaly if you start looking back through his numbers. And, you know, he's going to be a nice piece in that New England puzzle, but he's not going to be really a piece on your offensive uh, fantasy team, quite frankly. So, so one thing I find interesting, I, is it final, but it looks like certainly there's a deal in place for Winston, Jameis Winston, to re-sign with the Saints. I certainly hope so. They reworked Taysom Hill's yeah. deal. What, what, what's up with that? I'm, I, I thought maybe there'd be a choice there, and, and the other guy would be gone, but are, are they going to go in with this two-quarterback set this, this year? I, I'm curious about that one. Look, I don't. I'm not as smart as Sean Payton, obviously, but I, I certainly think that Jameis Winston is a better quarterback. Yeah, Taysom Hill gives you some versatility and these little gimmick plays, and can serve as a quarterback, obviously, if you need him. But I mean, look, Jameis Winston led the league in passing yards two years ago. Right, he can fling it. And he's he's in a pass happy offense. I mean, I think, and supposedly he can see now. Well, that that wouldn't hurt. No, which doesn't hurt his chances of actually being <laughs> successful. Um, no, I think it's going to work out okay. Um, probably neither one of them are going to be like league leaders in passing or anything like that. But Winston I, could be in yards if he gets the bulk if of he the, plays enough. He it, also it will Sean be Payton in has this intention of well. liking Taysom Hill. Yeah. You know, so I don't know. And it, it I don't know. It, it's worked out probably I don't know, I don't have numbers as often, if not more often than it hasn't worked. But boy, he just feels like a drive killer sometimes. You're barreling up and down the field, Michael Thomas I just blanked on the running back. Oh, my God. Uh, How about Elvin Kamara? Elvin Kamara. Thank I almost you. said Amos Zaraway, and I stopped myself. <laughs> wow. I still got West Virginia <laughs> on the mind, apparently. But uh, Kamara, and then you get down in the red zone, and you start running some gimmick stuff to Hill. And sometimes it works more often than not recently. When I mean, you got guys of that caliber, get me a quarterback like Winston who can just fling it. I'll, I'll accept. I got a good defense. I'll accept the turnovers. I have to presume he won't throw forty of them again right. in a Sean Payton offense. But it, it, it's going to be interesting. It, it's going to be a bit of a mess. And so, obviously, you brought up already. You, you like uh, Fitz Magic to Washington? Oh, I love it. I really do. I mean, I think Terry McLaurin's fantasy stock, if you're looking at it that way, oh, look, yeah. goes skyrocketing. But look, they've got weapons and he's proven that he can get the ball down the field and you know is he going to throw picks sure he is but but this team is going to be very competitive they're in a division where they're going to have to score some points oh, i think no with, with Dak and company in dallas uh and fitzpatrick i think is just they're not in the position to get a top-notch quarterback in a draft i think they go with fitzpatrick and maybe draft next year well, and, and that's the only thing I wonder about, right? I think 
they're probably we don't know enough about Heineke, and, and right. everybody in Washington needs to learn the lesson. Now Seattle got lucky that, that Russell Wilson ended up doing doing what he he has done. But let's not make that Matt Flynn mistake again like Seattle made, who didn't even you know, get the starting gig, losing yeah. it out to a fourth rounder after one good game in Green Bay and gets that big money. So um, maybe Heineke's the guy, maybe he's not. Certainly Kyle Allen isn't the guy. So I think they're a six, seven, eight-win team with either of those guys. They might be an eight or nine win team with Fitzpatrick. That's the only thing I wonder about. They've got a defense ready to win championships now. I presume they're going to bring in a wide receiver, which is really the only other and a tight end or the only two places they're really lacking on offense. How, if not now, when things and maybe it'll be like this every year from now on going forward, I don't know. But to try to through trade through something, find that long term solution at quarterback because Fitzpatrick isn't that. I don't think he he certainly doesn't tank bad enough to put them in the right draft position to find the next guy. That's my only consideration here. They can win this division with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Sure, they can. Which again, at the end of the day, the NFL is a win now business. But I wonder what it means for him in the future, how long you can keep that defense together until you find that guy. Maybe it's one-year rentals every year till you find the right one. I don't know. That would be my only consternation if I was a Washington fan. As a football fan, anytime he's playing, it's fun to watch. Him and Jameis Winston are my two favorite right. quarterbacks in the league because something when they drop back, something's fitting to happen. I don't know what it is, but something's going to happen. You know, and and that's the thing. They're either going to have to trade up to try to get a quarterback, or maybe they're thinking somewhere along the line they can pick up a free agent after next year. And maybe maybe they have their eyes on, I don't know, you're just throwing names out there like a Jimmy G or somebody like yeah. that. Okay, you know, maybe we can we can procure him and he, he's good for the next 10 years. Somebody, I, you know. Right, yeah. I, I don't know, but. I think I think right now, as you said, it's, it's a win. Now we have Fitzpatrick. Maybe we'll see enough of Heineke to get a little look at him. Yeah, maybe he is as good as he played in that playoff game. Right. You never, I hope he is. You never can tell. But you know, Fitzpatrick is certainly solid enough to win that division and, and maybe win a playoff game. Who knows? But is he a long term solution? No, he's thirty eight. He's no. a year younger than Ben Roethlisberger. Right. I mean, he's about done. He's he's come to the end of his career. But I think it's a great opportunity. We see Rich Gannon, who wasn't uh, spring chicken when he had that career year with Oakland and right. went to the Super yeah. Bowl. And I mean, we've seen it happen before. So I th- I think it was a great pickup. What they're going to do in the future, I don't know. But you know. They probably have a better idea, obviously, yeah. than we do. Well, this is just where you, you want to play the what if game. And if Dan Snyder wasn't such a dumbass and could get over his butt hurt that Kirk Cousins ended up being better than Robert Griffin, right. and they just signed the long term deal that Kirk Cousins begged them for two, three years to give to him, that defense, Terry McLaurin, and Kirk Cousins, that's a perennial playoff team for a little while. Oh, yeah. Look, I still I, – I don't know that Kirk Cousins in any situation is a championship-winning quarterback, but he's going to win divisions. He's going to get you nice in playoff games. Well, I mean, it might be because he played on terrible teams in Washington. Yeah. He, of he course, really Minnesota, I mean, last year the team had, had, had downgraded somewhat. The year before, they're a pretty good t- football right. team. And um, he had a good year, but he – 
kind of failed when it came, when it counted. So I, I don't know if it's Cousins or, or what the story is. I still like Kirk Cousins in fantasy. I'm not a full believer that he's a winner. Yeah. So probably I think what's most interesting is the moves that haven't been made yet, and probably by the time anyone listens to this, all of these guys will be signed, and I'll sound like an idiot. But – it's odd to see in a world where Nelson Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne and Corey Davis have been signed and Kenny Galladay, Will Fuller, Juju Smith-Schuster, and T.Y. Hilton are still all hanging out there as free agents. Boy, is that, it seems like that market's getting depressed like running the running back position is. Well, right it just now. seems like the – I mean, it's just typical Jets to sign Corey Davis. Yeah, when these and other guys sign, are out sign, there. Yeah, yeah, Galladay or someone like that. But let's face it, if you're Kenny Galladay, you're on your knees thanking God that New York, New York Jets didn't offer you a big contract <laughs> because you're going to you know, win three games right. and, and wish you never were there. So now, Galladay would be an injury. I, I think it's one of those guys is going to end up in Washington, speaking of Washington. It's probably going to be Smith-Schuster. Galladay would be interesting there. You know, I, I don't know where Galladay's the right fit. Yeah, you haven't you've heard him kind of lined up with everybody and lined up with nobody. He'd be a game changer. I wanted him to go to a contender somewhere. Hell, send him to New Orleans. How great would that be with Jameis Winston? Yeah, I mean, it would be nice to see, and I would love to see Kenny Galladay stay healthy. I mean, I, I really well, have high hopes for him thing. last year, and just boy, it just never panned out at all. For him at all last year but um you know 2020 we just screwed up so hopefully he can go to a contender and, and maybe we can really see some of his skills shine right yeah and, and smith schuster i mean i think i think we learned last year you need to line him up on the other side of of a good one if not a great one you know somebody play him in the slot where you have somebody good on the outside that's why i think washington i think him inside of terry mclaurin with mclaurin speed and then you have smith schuster over the middle that would be really dynamic great news for ryan fitzpatrick so just surprised it seems that the receiver and fuller i thought fuller would actually be the first one to go he's got the talent he's got the skill set almost similar to a gala day but he was going to be cheaper presumably maybe i'm wrong i felt like he was well, going you to only be get cheaper four games out of him so why wouldn't he be cheaper? well that's true because and then he suspended the first is it the first one or two weeks this year? Didn't, didn't yeah. he have some spillover? Or am I wrong on that? Maybe he doesn't have some spillover for that suspension. I can't remember. I that. can't remember that. But, but yeah, I mean, he was getting through a year healthy, and then so he had to get himself suspended because God forbid you'd ever play sixteen games in a season. No, he just doesn't do that. I mean, he gets tired. All right, I'm exhausted. It's about that too. time. <laughs> yep, it <laughs> is. The ghost said no. Yeah, go. Said to shut it down, yeah, so that's we're what we're going to do. All right, well, thanks for listening. If all goes well and he can find those hot dogs at the uh, at the chop shop, Finkelstein will be back next week. And, of course, go over to Chaos and Disorder on Twitter, Chaos and Disorder Pod on Facebook. Get all of the details and get signed up for the Chaos and Disorder Bracket Contest. We'll be back next week. Until next time, we'll see you. Take care. <laughs>